to unsupervised leadership. Before we even start this week's episode and impart some serious knowledge on everybody, we want to give a shout out to Ellen and Diane for coming on the last episode, sharing some embarrassing stories about Courtney and I when we were younger. We learned about Courtney's Sally Jesse Raphael glasses. And we're here today, more importantly, to talk about being shamelessly you. What does that mean as a human, as a leader, as a figure in education, as a woman, and what does that look like, which can be different for everybody. But before we get into that, because that's deep, what's our favorite drink today? Because it's different. Blue Moon, we still haven't heard from you. So so we're still looking for a sponsor. We're still waiting. Yeah. We we feel like you might have heard us by now, because this is episode five. This is our fourth episode with another real individual besides ourselves. So we are going to give up on you. We're going to play hard to get Blue Moon because this is getting oh. difficult right now. So Do you think that's the trick? I, I think we're going to try it and see what happens. And today, our drink of the week in spirit of BSL is espresso martini. So let's cheers to that. Let's do it. Ready? I love the fact that we are cheersing to a good espresso martini. And do you know what's special about this particular intro episode is that we not only are going to be interviewing BSL, who is Dr. Bhavna Sharma Lewis, but we also have with us Dr. Sonia Wood. Both of these amazing females are with us this morning as we record our intro episode to this particular podcast. What's really going on? (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that BSL is going to talk to us about is how do we take care of ourselves? And so Kate, I'm going to turn it over to you. How are you taking time and care of yourself these days? Listen, that's a loaded question, right? Because I think everybody right now listening to this podcast, whether you are in leadership or you're just struggling day by day, you don't even have to be in leadership. You can be a stay-at-home mom. You can be someone that's retired. You can be in education, someone in business. What do you do for yourself every single day? And that's hard without feeling guilty. The number one thing I did for myself is I read the 5am club. I get it. You're not a reader. Get an audible. It will change your life. It tells you that the first hour of your day is for you. It doesn't matter what it is. Get up, walk. Don't look at your phone, write down something you're grateful for, because there are so many people that are going to come to you in whatever capacity looking for advice or just an ear to listen. And you cannot be your best self for those people. If you don't be the best person for yourself first. And I think that that's something I wish I would have learned at a younger age. Cause I think I would be much wiser than I am right now, <laughs> but I think that's important. Courtney, what do you do for yourself? When I was younger, like you, Kate, I did things like <laughs> that. We have people listening right now that have two little kids at home. Like I do. I have an mm-hmm. eight-year-old and a 13-year-old. And let me tell you, I've never seen an eight-year-old wear so many clothes in my life. I've never done more laundry in my life. And so when I'm thinking about taking care of ourselves, I'll get home and there are three massive loads of laundry ready for me. I make lunches in the morning. I used to be able to get up and do those things. And could I make that decision now? Of course I could. (laughs) I mean, what? let's take it back to what Sandy Brown said in our first episode. Yes. Every single decision that we make is our decision. We must own it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I wake up and I think, how am I going to set my alarm to the last possible minute? 
And then I get up and I'm arguing with my children. Have you washed your face? Have you brushed (laughs) your teeth? Do you have clothes on? What do you want in that lunch? Because I don't want to make the lunch before I get, I want to make the lunch the morning of I'm just in a different space about that. And I think many of our listeners right now can be in different spaces. Yes. But I think at the end of the day, we have to think to ourselves, what is the decision that we're making right now? that we are going to own and how can we be a little bit better tomorrow than we are today? That's absolutely right. And that's hard because I'm going to tell you all, I make lunches for my husband on a Sunday. What? Yeah. And he, okay, what is it? Um, we call it dog food. It's a uh, ground us. turkey and rice. And if he's listening to this, he's going to be mortified. He's not listening, but keep going. No, he better be listening. No, he's okay. the number. He's okay. one of our seven supporters because Thanks, listen, Tony. yeah, that's, he needs to be listening. Okay. And, but this goes back to what do you do for yourself and what do you do for other people? Because it might be what you do for yourself, but it can also be what fills your cup when you do for other people, which could be two different things, depending on where you're at in your life. I don't have kids, which, you know, I have the more free time, I guess, in the morning to be able to work out or read or do those gratitude things. But I also think it's interesting to hear like, yeah, that is a struggle to think, how do I make lunches in the morning? How do I be the best version of myself? How do I get ready for work? Everybody listening has their own version of a struggle. So it's being shamelessly you. What do you do or what do you want to do? Here's the secret. When you're driving in the car and you're like, I really wish I had enough time to go to start in the morning and I didn't, I wasn't able to do it. What does that look like for you? And what is that thing you're thinking of right now listening to us? I wish that I had more time to do this. And this is what I would love to do for myself. We're here to encourage you to do it. It makes me think about what have you ever done as a leader that is out of the box or aggressive? You know, this title of the podcast is unsupervised leadership. So part of the idea about being unsupervised is what are you doing that's outside of the box from a leadership perspective? that people can learn and grow from. And I know that we have at least five people listening right now that want to learn and grow from you as a principal. Yes. Maybe we, we were up to seven on episode one, so I'm going to push that's it to right. maybe nine. Sonia and Bobner are here and they that's, loved that. That's two. But we that's know good. that there's at least four of us yeah. listening right now. So that's <laughs> like, yeah, right? Yeah. There's got to be three other people out there. You know, yeah. I think the most powerful thing you can do as a leader is to show people who you are as a human being not who you are as, I mean, a quote unquote leader, when you're talking about data or you're talking about managing people, it's who you are as a person and how that shines through to others. Do you inspire them to be better? Do you take the time to listen when they come and talk to you in your office? Do you set time aside for a parent who's super concerned about their kid? And you say, Hey, I'm going to take my principal hat off right now. And I'm going to sit here and talk to you as a human being, because that's what you need right now. Those are the things that I think are out of the box and people don't teach you in school. And it is part of being unsupervised because a lot of people are too afraid to step out of that realm and show people who you really are so that they can connect with you and that you can actually help them. I love that you're saying that only because I have the opportunity to watch a lot of leaders in different environments. And the three people that are here with us today, I've watched in all three of their environments. So for example, Kate became a principal when I was still the superintendent. I've watched her in the environment. I've been in her office and people walking in just really wanting to be able to talk to you as I need to tell you something about me. Mm -hmm. That doesn't just come out of a textbook. I have been with Bhavna, which has the sparkly office that I've ever seen in my life. It's got chandelier. It's beautiful. It's stunning. Mm -hmm. But you know what I love about that? 
She's created a culture, which we're going to talk about later, that people want to be there mm-hmm. to talk to her. And I remember looking around saying, am I really, <laughs> am I seeing what I'm seeing? But it was a feeling. Do you know you walk into a place and there's a feel? Yes. That's it. And Sonia is a great example as well. And when I was with Dr. Whitaker in her environment, in her space, and even people were walking in, in that moment, I remember feeling I am in a lot of different places, but when she walked in, people were like, oh. Dr. Whitaker, I want to talk to you about this. And they wanted to share things. Not everybody creates a place Mm -hmm. or a space that people think that is a human that I want to share. And so that's why I feel really blessed, honestly, to be with the three of you right now, because certainly you are three people that I love to share a little (laughs) bit too much with all the time. Is that not correct? Right back at you, Right back at you, Coco. so beautiful. It is is true. Mm -hmm. And it's a, I think it's a gift and it takes a lot of vulnerability and a lot of being okay and confident in where you are in that space you are in and at that time in your life, which if you don't have going back to being shamelessly, you a group of people that you surround yourself with that lift you up instead of bringing you down, that's important too, because you become like the five people you spend the most time with. So I encourage you right now to think about those five people that you give the most effort and energy to and think, are they helping me? Are they hurting me? And what do I do about it? If I'm spending all the time with you, you guys have great <laughs> eyebrows. And I feel like my eyebrow, my eyebrow game is about ready to and yeah. my eyelash game. <laughs> what? Yes. yes. I love it. Okay. So I've heard that the chaos coordinator section, <gasps> mm. which would be an environment that people can reach out to us at unsupervised leadership at yahoo.com. Now, Kate, when we started this, honestly, I didn't think anyone would write in. <laughs> we have been getting a lot of questions. Was I wrong about this? Ooh, yes. People are writing in. Are you serious? Yes. I'm so oh serious. Okay. So I would like, I'd like to hear what the question is and then maybe we can throw it out to Bob and Sonia too. So what is it? Okay. Okay. So we have, we'll do two questions. So, okay. Okay. Are you okay with this? I feel like we've, we've got enough to go around. First question, taking the leap into a leadership role is such a huge step and requires a lot of effort and time. How do you handle your work-life balance? Okay, so the question is work-life balance. So Sonia, Baba, oh. do you guys, Sonia, come over here and you have so much going on and we're excited to hear what you have to say about this. Go. So balance. I think that as it relates to work-life balance, the balance starts with seeing yourself as a priority. Mm-hmm. I think so often in leadership, we jump right in and we start right away trying to figure out how we can be effective in our interaction with others without really recognizing that in order to do so, we have to be grounded. So my direct response to that would be to establish a routine for yourself, to establish priorities for yourself, priorities that put you in the right place, physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, so that you can be the best version of yourself. If you've been listening to this podcast, you will know, that I think on the first or second episode, I gave a shout out to Bhavna Sharma Lewis about someone who really understands the importance of self-care. And at the same time, I gave a shout out to you, Sonia, saying 
you understand the importance of taking care of your mind. Right. Yep. I will That's also right. say that you got on my Peloton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I love that. Okay. <laughs> this girl that got on my Peloton and said, why are there no fingerprints on the there Peloton? Are no fingerprints. I knew that, that she doesn't Courtney get on it. You not been, I knew I texted Bob and I knew that Courtney had not been riding her new Peloton because when I approached it, it had no fingerprints. I would like to at least clear. Okay. So I just want to say <laughs> that I thought she meant fingerprints on the bar. And I said, yeah. And she said, how would she know that? I don't <laughs> And then she said, I meant on the screen. screen Yes. And you know what I said? We had just recently cleaned the screen. Okay. All right. Bhavna, do you have any great examples? Yes. Of self-care? Yes. A hundred percent. No one is going to say to you, how did you take care of yourself today? You need to take some time for yourself. No one is going to say that. So you have to give yourself permission to do that every single day. Mm. And that comes to me. At 4.15, Kate, like you talked about the 5 a.m. club, you have the hour in the morning, but listen, you are a better version of yourself when you take that hour, two hours, 45 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is. I don't care how you quantify it. It has to be some time for yourself because no one is going to say, did you take your vacation days? Mm -hmm. Did you take your time for yourself? Did you reflect? Did you work out? Did you meditate? Did you read? Did you, whatever you did, whatever your, did you make your lunch today? Uh uh-uh you have to do that for yourself and that makes you the better version of yourself once you serve yourself you can serve others Mm. and if people think that's selfish shame on them that's a great example i love that Mm -hmm. shame on them so really be proud love and own yourself thanks bsl okay we love that we have we have one more question that we have that someone wrote in okay I'm 32 years old. I'm starting to think about having kids of my own within the next few years. I feel like it's too late and leadership is out of my reach. What's your opinion on this? I love this question because I'm also, well, I will be 33. I also do not have kids. I'm already in leadership. I don't think anything is too late. I think it's whatever you decide to do in your life that will make you happy. You must own it. You have to know that you've gotten this far in your life, wherever, whatever part you're at, that you've figured it out. There have been obstacles. There have been different things you could, if you don't have kids, I'm, I'm a big person like this. So I'm guilty of this, but I always think, how could I be a principal, go to school to get my doctorate, start a podcast? (laughs) How am I ever going to have a kid on top of this? You have to just go with it. If it's thing that will make you happy and trust yourself to know that you'll have the confidence and the ability to figure it out. I can remember getting my doctorate at the University of Illinois. I had Nolan when I was 33. I had L when I was 38. And I remember getting my doctorate sitting in this place that people were talking about what's going to happen to you as you get your doctorate. Someone basically in the whole college said, some of you are going to have this happen. Some of you are going to have that happen and this and that. And then he pointed at me and he said, and some of you are even going to have a baby. (laughs) And I thought, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. And he said, but I'm telling you right now, you must finish this doctorate. We don't care what excuse you have. And I thought, it's not an excuse. This is our life. And Mm -hmm. so my best advice is always this. Sometimes we just need to show up. Can you do it? Yes, Mm -hmm. you can. 
you need to try. I've had a lot of females getting into, or at least thinking I might become an administrator. I had one girl that heard my story and said, and announced to the entire class, I just want to let everyone know. I just found out that I'm pregnant. And I told my husband last night, I'm not going to be an administrator because now I'm pregnant. And I just heard your story, Courtney. And I thought I am going to be an administrator and I can do this. And so Mm -hmm. whatever your journey is, if that is something that you're really behind and you're excited about, there are people in this world that will support you. There are four women in this Mm -hmm. room that will support you no matter what, whether it be administration, getting into teaching, you know, I've never felt that that being a leader is about a title. And so becoming an educator is one of the most profound uh, professions that we can do. And if you're 32 and you're a teacher right now, and you're thinking, wow, I want to have a family and I'm thinking about administration. I think you're sitting in a space right now at the table with four women that have been there and done that and considered it and thought, I'm going to do it too. And we will be here to support you. That's my best advice to that. You can do it. A hundred percent. You can do it. I think it's all about your mindset. And again, who you surround yourself with are the people that you talk to these things about lifting you up or are they bringing you down? Because if they are, you have to be self-aware enough to know that you need to remove yourself from that table and build your own. Do you guys have any things that you want to come over yeah, and talk to us about? Go ahead. Please. Actually, actually, so Dr. Sonia Whitaker that. is going to come over because well, I knew she'd have something to say about this. I need to that and go back to our conversation that we had off air when the term value added came up and just recognizing that in terms of people that you surround yourself, being clear and cognizant as to the extent to which they are adding value to your life. How do they impact your your spirit how do you feel when they walk in the room mm-hmm. how do you feel when they leave and I'm just going to give a quick example of that I remember I had a professional experience that wasn't so positive and actually at the same time I was trying to watch what I was eating and mm-hmm. so I was writing down and counting points oh. and all of this been there so one of, yeah. right right I remember, you, I remember you talking about that on the last <laughs> podcast which I loved so much I laughed I cried <laughs> That's another story, but it was phenomenal, by the way, ladies. But I'm going to tell you what happened. What I noticed is when this one lady would come into my office, when I went back and looked at my eating journal, that's when I started stress eating immediately. Stop it. I am serious. For six months, I tracked. And I remember you all, I looked at the calendar on on my phone and I tracked when I was off with my eating, y'all, this is some heavy stuff y'all got yeah. going on with this podcast. This is yeah. deep. Well, it's true. Courtney, I'm not lying. I looked, I said, wait a minute. All the days that my, my eating journal says that I was off was exactly when that came in my office. Hmm. So I'm serious when I say we got to be clear about mm-hmm. who brings us positive energy and in the extent to which they are or are not value added because it can affect our decision making which, you know, ultimately affects our well-being, mm-hmm. which has to be at the forefront of our thinking. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, Sonia, I'm sure that you have never been in an experience where someone's asked you, do you have any friends that maybe might not be the best for your weight loss journey? Like, <laughs> I'm sure That's that you've funny. never mentioned me. <laughs> yes, that did happen. Recently. It did? 
that did happen recently. I had an experience I'm really good with sharing because much like everyone, I'm trying to do the whole mind, body, and soul thing. My goal, my goal yes. is really to just be able to live a long time. And so on my little attempted weight loss journey, I had my first little class and we were all online and I had to share with my, uh, the group of people I was talking to that I had, um, I had blown all my points <laughs> for me. And they began to talk to me about why did you blow all your points that you were given, Dr. Whitaker or Sonia? And I said, well, I went to lunch with my, one of my very best friends and we had an amazing time. And I blew, oh. I'm like, I know it was Monday or Tuesday, but I blew all my points for the week. And the, whole week. the whole week. What you eat, girl? Six well, boo-boos? right here. She can eat. Don't let Courtney Texas call you. Courtney, Dr. Yes. Orzel. No. Don't let Courtney yes, fool you. She can eat. The long story short is this. So then after we finish this little conversation about our eating with all these people I don't know, we get to the end. They said, well, the lesson for today is about surrounding yourself with people who can support you on your weight loss journey. And then they ask all the people online, everyone, name a person who is negative for your weight loss. Journey. Oh, shoot. And they were like, Susie, Sally, Joan, Jane, Bobby. And they got to me. They're like, Sonia, you went out this week. Can you name? Is there a person? You're going to love this. this Wait really for it. She told they, said, they said, is there a person that is negative for your weight loss journey? And this was my response. Yes. <laughs> she, she I had no response. Are you freaking kidding That's me? Good. Perfect. Courtney is perfect. That's right. Yeah. She remained silent Absolutely. and loyal. Yes. I also want to bring fact, up. I almost quit the program because they thought I was going to throw my girl under the bus. Yeah, well, Courtney, that program's not going to be a sponsor. No, they're not going to sponsor us. We also want to talk about the fact that we started this podcast today with um, snacks and Courtney's um, ideal protein bag up on the counter. And, and first of all, the ideal protein bag was 65 pounds. I was dragging it in the Listen, house. Listen, the struggle is real, everyone. I have talked about this one. <laughs> You know we're going to start getting a lot of emails into unsupervised leadership at yahoo.com about our consistent struggles that we yeah. have. Don't ask us about weight loss because we don't know. So if you have tips, we're well, open actually, to them. We do know, and we're just not really that great at it. But this is the this is the struggle that we need and want in our life. That's right, and we are more than ecstatic to bring to you our next guest. Our next guest is Dr. Bhavna Sharma Lewis. We have been trying to get her for many weeks, but the reality is she's busy. Always and busy. you are going to hear about her Well Summit presentation where she received a standing ovation. There is no one who is more supportive of females in education and really females in general. This woman is a superstar. Mm -hmm. She has two amazing children that we were amazing. Amazing. We need yes. to pick a new word. We need to get a thesaurus. Yes, our, our word of the week is going to be amazing. So drink when you hear it. All right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or yes. Amazing. And yes, let's go Yay. ahead and cheers to that. And so when you hear these things, we want you to know that Bhavna has two amazing. Oh, get a new word. Come on. That's right. Wow. Children. She has a great life story. She also understands the importance of self-care. I think she's a model for so many of us. 
and she's going to give great examples to what we should be doing. I think that you're going to hear a lot of real talk. So we're just excited to be able to share with you the person that we know and that we love. Mm -hmm. And she is our friend. She is our colleague. And she is our sparkle sister, sister. Dr. Bhavna Sharma Lewis. Let's go ahead and welcome her. Here we go. This is our episode an official interview with Dr. Bhavna Sharma Lewis. We affectionately refer to her as BSL. We are thrilled to have her on our podcast. So let's go ahead and turn it over to you. Bhavna, tell us about yourself. Tell us about what you do. And more importantly, what's your favorite drink? <laughs> Good morning, everybody. So how can I tap that? Bhavna Sharma Lewis, BSL, as Courtney F affectionately calls me. What do I do? I am the superintendent of Diamond Lake District 76. But what I really do is that I am a wife and a mother of two amazing humans. One's a freshman and one's a junior at the University of Alabama living their most fabulous and fun life. My favorite drink. That's going to require a little bit of thought. My most favorite is a bottle of Dom Perignon champagne. Oh, a bottle. Not a glass, a oh, bottle. Can we get one? Okay. <laughs> Ladies, you're professionals. You yeah. understand this. Mm -hmm. Since we all know that's on special occasions, on more of regular occasions, I have an espresso martini before 2 p.m. at Gibson's. Of course. Good wake up call. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But then my most regular drink, which is what I'm drinking with you right now, is Tito's and a little sparkling water. Wow. Kate, this is like three different drinks on a Saturday morning from one guest. This is impressive, is it not? Listen, we're about to get three sponsors from this, <laughs> not just Blue Moon. Right. We've got a lot of options because of this answer. How many sponsors do we have so far, Kate? So, so far we have Blue Moon, if you're out there, we're still thinking about you, um, but we're not going to hold out for you because we have a lot of other people that are trying to sponsor us. So right. if you're one of those listeners, let us know. And Bhavna's really given us a lot of opportunities for additional sponsorships. So thanks so much. Kate, go ahead and take it away. BSL, tell us what your first leadership opportunity was and how did that come about? Who took a chance on you? Mm, I would have to say when I was teaching, Dr. Max McGee was my superintendent at the time in Deerfield. And I remember him coming into my classroom because he always did these frequent classroom visits as superintendent and said, you know, so I hear you're working on your master's. What is it that you want to do? And I said, well, I would love to just do some research in math because I love math and I want to write curriculum and I want to write textbooks and possibly do some professional development and this was, you know, about 30 years ago when he said, oh, no, 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 you need to go be a principal. And I literally looked at him I'm like, and I was 22 at the time. I, there is no way I'm going to be a principal. And he said, you know what? Just think about it. I think you have what it takes to like lead and motivate people and make a huge impact on a school and a community. And I'm like, oh, sweet. But guess what? Two weeks later, I was researching and enrolled in a program because that's how much his word meant words meant to me. That's right. It only takes one person to nudge you to give you some form of encouragement to make you believe in something in yourself that you might not have seen at first. 
which is what we talk about all the time on the podcast. So when we think about the opportunities and advice that we've been given in our life, and I remember the moment and a superintendent came up to me and said, do you know Bhavna Sharma Lewis? And do you remember this Bhavna? A hundred percent. Yeah. I remember saying, no, I don't know her. And he said, I know you and I know her and you two are cut from the same cloth. I didn't quite know what that meant, but then our first interaction, I thought, this is someone that I feel like I've known my entire life. And we have had so many great times together over the years. And we talk about great advice. Here's our question to you. What is the absolute best advice that you've ever been given? And have you ever had any really bad advice? I think the best advice that I've given, and I try to share this with my own children and anybody else that I can like reach out to is kindness is free and don't ever be hesitant to share a kind thought. So when you see someone looking fabulous, doing something fabulous, being fabulous, share that with them. Stop them on the street, on the corner, in the store, at a restaurant, in school, at work, wherever you are and say, hey, that looks fabulous. You look amazing. Oh my God. I loved what you just said. Oh my God. I love what you just did. I love to share that because I feel it's contagious and it just exponentially grows out in the universe. And I just wish more people would do some of that. What's the worst advice? Mm. I think the worst advice is I got from someone right after I became a mom. And that person said to me, you know what? You could excel at being a great mom, looking good, your house could look good, or your kids can look good, but you can't do all three at the same time. And I was like, what? You mean my kids can't look good? I can't look good. And my house can't look good all at the same time. And I disagreed with that. And I said, I am going to fight every single day to make sure that I am the best version of myself. My kids are the best version of myself and my home. And I don't mean that to be a clean home or a well-kept home or well-manicured home, but my home is always going to be safe, loving, and inviting all the time. So I love this because (laughs) I hear you say that. And I think, wow, how many days I can't do one of those three, let alone all three. And you're being ambitious saying, I am going to put myself to the test every day to be able to do all three. I just have to ask you, you recently stood on stage at the Well Summit. You were the final keynote speaker. I had the pleasure of introducing you, showing our amazing espresso martinis and wearing hats and great filters on our photos. And at the end, you had hundreds of women having a standing ovation for you. And one of the things I remember you saying in your speech was, I will now be unapologetic for working out, working hard, wearing a really short dress, looking (laughs) great, whatever that was. I don't know. It was like a tangent that you went on. And I was just looking at you so proud of you because so many times we are judged as females in our profession, just as women in general. Can you talk to us about, have you ever felt judged? What does that look like in your world? And what's some of your take on it? Bhavna, would you just maybe tell everyone, are you willing to share how old you are? Oh, (laughs) we love this. Ladies, as we all know, we are judged every day. We are judged all the time. Courtney and I went out to lunch and we walked into the restaurant and the women that were sitting there and the men, quite frankly, were looking at us up and down. 
We were wearing jeans, boots, whatever. It's cold out, a jacket. But they're looking at us like, what are you doing here? Getting ready to drink. And I'm thinking to myself, why? But here's the deal. We have to like not apologize anymore for who we are and what we do. And at 52 years old, Courtney, I'm done with it. I'm, I have to lead by example, right? Like I have two college age boys that I'm raising that are obviously being influenced by other women and falling in love with other women and want to have relationships with them. I want them to be in relationships, not only with, and friendships with confident young women that are who they are and don't have to apologize for what they're wearing, what they're saying, what they're doing, what they're thinking. And I think that takes a while to accept who you are and be who you are and be comfortable in your own skin. But it takes a long time because we are always judged for looking the way that we are, wearing what we do, wearing our makeup, doing our hair, whatever it is, being bold, being beautiful, being confident. And it's only because it's coming from a place of insecurity from other people, men or women, it doesn't even matter. So I think we just have to own it and be who we are and not apologize for it and not feel bad or ashamed about it. I love that. We all need a dose of the BSL confidence in the morning. Me too. I love that. I love having an afternoon and a morning dose of confidence with three different drinks, Kate. Yeah. We have like, this is like a flight. We have a lot of different tastings going on. We have (laughs) We have our not Dom because we did bring our friend on, but we didn't buy that for her because we have no sponsors yet. So we have, we have our typical Prosecco, which in a champagne glass looks like Dom. We might be useful. And we have a little bit of an espresso martini and she does have her Cheetos. So this is great. We've got a whole mix for you today because that's what taking care of herself looks like today. And talking about confidence and loving who we are and being confident in ourselves. That comes with time, as Bhavna has said, but it also comes with some sort of maturity or life lessons. So leading us into our next question, what has been your biggest career failure and how did you overcome it? Well, I just spoke about this a couple of days ago at the Women in Educational Leadership and Learning Conference through IPA, which I said my sparkle sister Courtney had introduced me. And it was because a woman of her position and power had abused her position to basically make my life miserable. And mm-hmm. in a sense, uh, she harassed me and made it a hostile working environment, but we're not going to focus on that. It was definitely my epic failure publicly and privately. My children and my family watched me go through this 10 years ago and saw how incredibly unhealthy I was spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally and how I swore that that was going to change. And I would never let myself get to that bottom low. And so I've worked really hard. I think going forward for the next, for the last 10 years and going forward, I hope for the next 10, 20, 30 years from now of just living my best life. And so that epic failure has taught me how to be the best version of myself, how to encourage and support other people around me, how to be a mirror and an example for my children and my colleagues and my friends, and just lead with grace and kindness and professionalism and positivity. You have so much to be proud of in your life and your career. If you could choose one thing of all the things that make you the most proud, what would you choose and why? You're going to make me cry. Do do it. Everybody cry. We laugh and cry on our There's podcast. No we don't here, care. So everybody knows because we've already argued about this. Um, 
No, I don't have two things. I have, uh, excuse me. I don't have one thing. I have two things and it's my children. Do you have one that you like more than the other? Just kidding. Different days, <laughs> of, course, of course, but I am so just proud of the young men that they are and just their humility and their confidence and their strength and their love that they have for life and each other and for family. I just, I can't be more proud and more happy for them. So we actually did a little special treat. We texted her sons and we asked what they are the most proud of their mom for. So she doesn't know their responses because we've been grabbing her phone. We can't wait. You know, what's funny is both of her, her children had the same concept kind of, which had to do with being proud of their mom, which I love that so much. And they said, I am most proud of my mom for being able to back up what she says. Most people talk about what they are going to do, but my mom always backs it up. She is strong and passionate about whatever she does. And once she puts her mind to something, she does it. Also, I am proud. Wait, they have more. (laughs) Also, I am proud that she has worked her way all the way up in the school system, starting from a math teacher to a superintendent. She has put her mind to being the best version of herself every day. And I'm forever grateful. Oh, oh my gosh. Send them money in Alabama. (laughs) Yeah, Give them money. Whatever they want. We need to send it. We need to send a very nice care package. Yes. And we also wait, there's more. This is, there's a (laughs) lot. They're on top of this. They must be, this is like a school assignment because when we asked, they were like on it, like, here you go. This is what I got. So second son says, well, there's a lot of things to be proud of about my mom, but I'm the most proud of my mom because the leader she is. Mm. She always pushes my brother to be the, my brother and I, the best, the best we can be. She is caring, confident, and definitely has a lot of passion. I am thankful that she has taught me some of those characteristics. Me and my mom always say to each other, leaders lead from the front. And my mom definitely does that. Saturday afternoon now, and we have had a multitude of opportunities for different types of drinks and we've laughed and we've cried. Bhavna, you have raised two amazing young men. I'm so yes. proud of you. Me too. Okay. It's, I can't stop crying. I oh, know, sorry. but we're loving it. Yeah. I, this is emotional. We like this for you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. It's really leading exactly into where we need to go. Isn't it, Kate? It really is. So talking about getting all worked up. <laughs> <laughs> How do you unwind? What does that look like? Cause you're busy. You are a politician's wife. You're a mom. You're a superintendent. You're a friend. You're a sister. You're a daughter. You are an espresso martini enthusiast. Oh yeah. So we need to know what you do for your own self, for your own time. Oh, great question. And you know what? A lot of times people think that what do you do for yourself is a very selfish, self-centered question, but I am confident enough to say after a long time. And as I shared with you, how old I am, but like in my twenties or my thirties, I don't know if I could have said this, but I can say I get up every morning and I spend an hour for myself. I work out. I have an amazing trainer. He's a great life coach. And it's just all about me for the hour. Then I come home and I have a cup of tea and I get ready for the day. And sometimes people think that that's very self-indulgent that I spend an hour getting ready. Yeah, it is. And I'm not going to apologize for it, but I've earned it. And then I go and I work with the most amazing team in the world and the most amazing staff and the most amazing community and the most amazing board. But it's not something that's come easy, right? Like you, we worked hard at it for 30 years to get to this point. And then I come home. 
And I have a very rich and fulfilling personal life. I have an amazing husband who is just as supportive of me and my career goals and my personal aspirations. And quite frankly, my personal like self-care, like he thinks it's great that I spend X amount of money on whatever I do. Cause he's like, this is what you need to be the best version of yourself. Go do it. Way to go, Seth Lewis. So wish that Seth would duplicate himself for us. Yeah. I mean, can we get a a shout out to (laughs) Seth Lewis for this type of support? Yes. But everybody needs a Seth Lewis in their life, honestly, because if you don't have a coach or a cheerleader or a partner in your life saying, yes, you need this. Yes, you deserve this. Yes, you absolutely have to have this. We won't do it because as women, we are like, no, I don't know if I need to do this. I shouldn't do this. I should save my money or wait, we should give it to the boys or we should give it to the kids or we should do something else with it. Uh-uh. It has to be about what makes you a better version of yourself. And so I love that about him. And so I think, you know, just having that in our personal lives, we also have amazing families and amazing siblings that support us in every which way we can. And you know what the other pieces, and I think the two of you, Kate and Courtney, definitely capitalize on this is the celebrate and elevate piece. We all celebrate and elevate each other, not just of what we're doing professionally, but what we're doing personally as a family, as individuals, and as a community. Well, let me tell you, I loved nothing more than seeing you standing on stage to do a keynote and having executive director of IASA, Dr. Brent Clark, sitting in the front row to cheer you on only next to your husband, your mother, and your mother-in-law and father-in-law. I think it speaks volumes to the concept of family and support and all of the things that you're talking about. We can't do the work that we do without a village around us. And what an amazing and really amazing, Kate. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that. Did you want to say, it? Kate, go ahead. Tell everyone. <laughs> and as Bhavna was talking, she's sitting next to me. I'm counting on my hands. I think she said amazing 11 times, <laughs> which, <laughs> which we're being helpful to each other. when We call this out because we did this in the last episode. We said, if we say amazing, yes, wild, <laughs> like we need to get at the source up in here because we just have certain phrases that we say all the time, but it's who we are. Yeah. Remember I said to Kate, I was an English teacher. I remember when I was growing up and trying to write papers, my teachers would give me different papers Mm -hmm. that would, you would put out in front of you when you were writing a paper about various adjectives, different transitions. I thought that's what we need to do for this podcast because we say the same thing every single time, but we are who we are and we are just trying to own this. But the minute I said amazing, I thought, Oh yeah. Here we go. We need our our graphic organizer. We need our, we need a planner. We need all of these things. So with that, we are transitioning into another question that I believe is very important. And this is important for you because of your years of experience in education, which means that you're seasoned, not old, but (laughs) seasoned, seasoned girlfriend. If you only had one or two minutes to reach every single person in education right now, what would you say to all educators or what would you want everyone to know? Okay. Here are my five things that I said at the WOW conference. And I truly believe this. Number one, relationships matter. Friendships 
and relationships are the most important things that are going to get you through your toughest, your best, your most ideal times. That's it. Number two, treat people the way that you want to be treated, right? It's the old Charlie Brown thing. Respect is earned, not given. Number three, be the leader that people want to follow. Everybody wants to follow a positive, amazing glass half full person. That's the person that you need to be all the time, especially when life gives you a bunch of lemons. You need to add vodka and drink lemonade. Seriously, that's the best you can do. Number four, be unapologetically you. Don't be sorry the fact that you're wearing a tight dress or the fact mm-hmm. that you have short legs. It's okay. You can own it because you know why? You get up in the morning, you take care of yourself, you fill your cup motivationally, mo- physically, spiritually, you do that for yourself. So you need to reap the rewards. And number five, everybody has a story, right? It's not the most proud story that you have. It's not the one with the most accolades and the most sparkle, but guess what? You own it. You're proud of it. You can be embarrassed of it. It's there's lots of dull in it. There's lots of wrinkles. There's lots of turns in the road, but you've got to own it and be proud of the story that you have because everybody has one. And so what I say, own it, woman up. When Courtney asked me, what does woman up mean? Woman up. Don't let anyone dull your sparkle. Celebrate and elevate each other and be kind because it's free. Mm. Sparkle on. I'm going to do a quick cheers to everyone. Cheers. There you go. Love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is like rapid fire round. We want you to tell us name one female or two females that have inspired you and why. Well, honestly, the two of you that are sitting in my room. Well, right what else now, are you going to say? Yeah. You have to say us. I mean, We're uh, cool with 100%. it. No. And I think, you know, this is going to make me cry too, but like my mom, love your mom. Yes. Super amazing. You know, who immigrated here from India 50 years ago. And like, gave up her family, everything to be here and to raise two amazing daughters and support her husband. And she's totally like my inspiration and has learned about the love of her life for 12 years is just like absolutely amazing. And Courtney, your mom, who's going through Mm. her struggles. Thank you. Shout out to Loretta. Kate, 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 Denise, who's amazing. Love Denise. At my age, lost her husband and raised two amazing, beautiful daughters. I just, I think it's amazing that women can just be the best versions of themselves and raise amazing humans and do it alone. I think it's, those are my role models and my heroes. Um, and then what was your next question? I forgot. Oh, well, oh my gosh. Well, you, well, first of all, your mother, your sister, and here we're talking about our moms. We need to know outside of those fabulous, fun and favorite, honestly, females. Yeah. Who are some of your other favorite F4 leaders that you follow that you think we should be following right now? Tell our listeners, Bhavna. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I think Lisa Lealy, who is a single mom and a superintendent of Lake Bluff, who is in a very like high profile district with high demands from her community. I think she's amazing. I think Mary Henderson, another one from Roselle, single mom, again, raising like her family on her own and being a superintendent. Brene Brown can't give up for mm-hmm. Brene Brown, right? Like who like writes and shares these amazing podcasts and being vulnerable and being courageous and being imperfect, imperfect, which I love, right? Because I think we all think that we should be perfect, but Brene gives us permission to not be perfect and to own it. I am so blessed. So many amazing women in my life, my college roommates, the girls that I've met 
through my boys sports and school. And after that, like just in my adult life, I have these amazing group of girlfriends that I just can't even put into words who have supported me and loved me uh, in so many different ways and just constantly encourage and compliment and I don't know, empower me in so many different ways. I am blessed to say I probably have 25 females that I can't name by name, but they all know who they are because they're listening to this podcast right now and going, I had a part in this, whether it was someone professionally, personally, spiritually, physically, or just at a drink at a bar that I met (laughs) and that I am still connected to on a regular basis. I love them all. Hence the reason that we had Bhavna on, right, Kate? Because listen, we were up to 13 followers, but with Bhavna's mm-hmm. friends, we're up to 25. Yeah, we are We are adding people every single time, which <laughs> is great. And you know what we said in the first episode? We don't care if it's one person, right? We don't. Yeah. We really don't, but we are just thankful for all of the support that we have received. So Kate, go ahead and close us out today. So we were blessed to have you be able to virtually meet our sparkle sister, Bhavna Sharma Lewis. Love Dr. her. Barbara Sharma Lewis, because we got to put some respect in that name. That's right. And next week, we have another powerhouse to bring to you, which we are so ecstatic about. Sarah Bocek, she is an attorney for education. She is a wealth of knowledge. She is energetic, and she is one of the best people to know right now in general with anything that's happening in education. So we can't wait to bring her to you while you are sitting in your car, while you're getting ready for work, while you're hanging out on your couch because she's going to drop some serious knowledge on you Mm. and you should feel really excited because we are. I love that. Kate, if people need to reach us, let's remind them one last time before we sign off. So we've been loving the emails we've been getting at unsupervisedleadership at yahoo.com. You can follow us on Twitter at unsupervisedleadership. You can follow us on Instagram at unsupervisedleadership. You can also search our hashtag F4 leaders or celebrate and elevate. And we can't wait to hear from you guys. And we'll see you next Saturday.